Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. First Friday of the year, and guess who's not here? (laughs) We didn't make it a week. This guy, this I mean, guy. Why should twenty? Why should twenty twenty four be any different than twenty twenty three? Some things change. <laughs> some things stay the same. <laughs> ah, I'm Borky. He's Haydad. Obviously, Sports Talk Mississippi on this rainy Friday. It's raining today. Unfortunate, uh, cold, it's rainy where you are. January day here in the capital city. Hope it's better for you all scattered across the state. It's fine here. It's just cold. It's cloudy. I don't it's mind not rainy. the cold. I don't mind it. Now, if we had no, like Colorado yeah, cold had. where it was September to May snowing, then no thank you. But a good month and a half or so of cold weather I'm cool with. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you know we are uh, about four months away, five months away from devastating heat for, for a for a 90 to 120 day stretch. Just, so yeah, we you know take your 40 degrees when you can get it. Just crippling. I mean, this summer we didn't talk about it much you always we're put on the a sports jacket. show. But I mean, yeah. we had like the longest drought like in city of Jackson history this summer. Like it didn't rain for like 215 summer days. Where we had a stretch in the summer where it was like pleasant. It's like high 80s every day and you're like, "Oh, this isn't that bad." And then all of a sudden like mid-July it was just like, "Here, Take that! Everything you asked for. It was a it's a hundred and six for fourteen straight days. <laughs> but uh, no, not today. It is cold. That's okay though, because uh, the sport of the moment now is basketball. We're oh, you had it, you had it, you had it. But it's a cold outside, but that's okay because the takes are hot in here. Yeah, but that's just so like Boston. It's not true. Though. Seven a.m. like morning. I'm Sully. He's Mosh. We're here. Sports talk, Mississippi. We're going to talk about the Red Sox and then and yeah, what are they doing there, uh, Mosh? Bunch what are of they bums. doing? Bunch of bums. The Yankees. They're getting. Uh, they got Juan Soto. Who are the Red Sox got? Huh? Plus the Patriots. Bunch of bums. Belichick. He clearly needed Tom Brady the whole time. We could do a whole show. I could do the whole show like that. The Celtics, at least they're good, huh? 
They are. They uh, they actually are. They are. I hate it. Hurts my heart, but yes, they are. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. By the way, want to be a part of the show? That's how you do it. We will talk basketball. We got uh, got to cover Tennessee. Got to cover South Carolina. I should have done that number in the Boston accent. You should have. That's uh, I should, but it's, it's done now, so I can't go back to it. Yeah, we'll talk Mississippi State, South Carolina here in about thirty minutes. We'll talk Ole Miss, Tennessee in about an hour. We'll get picks with Bruce. Mississippi State has added a couple of players via transfer portal. We'll talk about them as well. We've got a Food Friday. It's the last weekend of regular season NFL football anyway, so if we have time, we'll get to that as well. There's some early Heisman odds that make absolutely no sense. Your text and more. But I was talking to somebody earlier, and he was like, man, you guys going to talk about Judkins today? And my response was, uh, we, Again? we probably have to... But is, is there anything else really to add uh, to the conversation? Uh, is Since we got off air yesterday, ha- has like a new thought come to your head, a new angle or anything like that? No, nah, not really. I mean, it, it feels pretty cut and dry. I'm just interested to see teams start popping up. You know, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. To, but we've, we, we've seen all the, um, the, the rumors, and he's going to be linked with a, with a lot of top teams. I want to see where he ends up. That's, a, you know, that's, a, that's the waiting game we're going to play, see who he visits. And things of that nature. So that that that's that's the next layer to this. I, I did talk to a couple of people uh, yesterday that would know these kind of things. So you asked the question yesterday: If he was a troublemaker all season, why play in the Peach Bowl? Because yeah. as of this time last week, a new deal—the like sixth new deal—but a new deal had been agreed upon from both sides. Mm-hmm. And so he played the game, and they played him despite the troubles that you saw now in the clips are getting shared all over. There was clearly something up during the game. Um, but, but that all happened because they expected him back as of Saturday. Both sides had agreed last week to a remarkably substantial new contract. Um, I Googled it, so Google may not be totally accurate, but Google says that the NFL league minimum is over 700000 Just over 700000 Uh mm-hmm. If I understand it correctly, I could be wrong, Walker Jones. Please forgive me if I am incorrect on this. As I understand it, um, he would have made more than NFL league minimum. Um, not so, so people are throwing out these, these dollar amounts that he was, was getting offered and, and stuff. Where people are talking like a million five, no, absolutely not. But it wasn't too far from reaching seven figures. Again, over NFL league minimum is is what I understand to be the agreement that they had in place at the time, and the the Peach Bowl happened, and, and this is where you can choose to believe people like Chase Parham or Richard or myself or, or not. It, it's up to you. They're, they're, nobody's changing their minds anymore. It doesn't matter. Something happened Peach Bowl weekend, and you could see it on the field, but but something happened. There there was an issue, a, a big issue between coach, player, and player's quarterback and player's offensive line. Whether or not that was what caused the departure, that's up for you to, to believe or not, whatever. But clearly something happened because as of this time last week, it was done. He, he was returning. It, it was done. Between the start of the Peach Bowl and, like, Monday of this week, there was a 
a clear change of heart or clear change of um, contract Correct. issue. You know, it, it more it's not a heart thing. It's more of a technical uh, thing. But well, I mean, th- there was a change. Change of heart just means there was a change. Yeah, you know, there's. There was a. I said this yesterday, but today I'm saying this. That's a change of heart. There, there was a change in, in that contract. So that that was uh, again, if if I understand it to be correct, uh, that massive contract wasn't the only thing that was being asked for. That you were talking about money for uh, appearance fees and, and money for basically everything, extra money. Not that wasn't looped in the contract. It was this. And oh, by the way, if. If he's going to go do a charity thing, he needs more money, and 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 it just it became so much money. So then, obviously, there was, as you said, there were there were some issues off away from this nil deal. But are we willing to say at this point that it was money that the main like they were willing to put up with him at one price? But they weren't willing to put up with them at the next price. So I would be willing to bet, and so this is where like information turns to speculation. I would be willing to bet if if the the contract and the ask on, on all the other stuff, if it wasn't such a um, an issue, if it was less money, then I would be willing to bet that they were going to deal with it. Because because okay. you saw all season, it, it, people are talking about. Well, it, he's been an issue since the two lane game. Okay, mm-hmm. and sure, but like we said yesterday, he wouldn't be the first diva on a team. I mean, would Stephon Diggs, if it was just man, you know, not not a great teammate, got a bad attitude, if that if that was it the was only issue, thing that that cut players it was an out issue from the two lane game on, starting yesterday, because. All we ever heard about was how great Quinshawn Judkin was all season long. But that, that and that's the thing, and even in the Peach Bowl. He played really well. I mean, yeah, and you yeah. can you can see the videos of his linemen intentionally not helping him up. You can see the video of Jackson Dart hearing him yell at a lineman or say something to a lineman, and then Dart going over to Kiffin and saying he did take him out. Like you see that happen. Like that all happened in the Peach Bowl. But despite that, he still played well. So I believe I, I, I believe frankly that there were there was stuff there there was extra stuff because it's a college football player. I mean, are you really going to not believe that a superstar college football player uh, had attitude issues? Is that really like a far-fetched thing to believe? But they were able to make it work, and he's an elite-level player, and so you deal with it. So I don't know exactly what the the thing that happened was, because remember, he agreed to the deal as well. He agreed to stay. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know the, the final straw but there was a some kind of final thing that caused the break and, and you can you can believe somebody that says old miss told him to kick rocks and you can believe somebody that said he told old miss i'm leaving whichever one but there there was something that did happen that changed everything after this time last week cuz they expected him back they offered a substantial deal and he accepted that deal this time last week mm-hmm. that did happen right. we'll see where it takes us We'll see where we'll see. where he ends up at the end of all this. So yeah, be interesting to see if he ends up at a team that's on Ole Miss's schedule for next year. Auburn is not, unfortunately, but <laughs> Auburn is not. Neither is Alabama. So, but, you know, I don't think Georgia is a spot that makes sense. So, 
601-879-4395, the ceasefire text line. We will be right back. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. do a couple of your messages and move on to hoops we get this one so we're really supposed to believe that the decision was quote mutual for the best running back in the country to leave it honestly just sounds like sour grapes now i'm not asking you or telling you to believe that but you should believe that it is more complex yeah some people are just trying to make it cut and dry well Ole miss just told him to leave there's got to be more to it than that oh he just wants more money there's more to it than that Things like this are more complex than people want it to be, as is tradition. Not everything is is uh, in black uh, and white. Somebody says multiple Ole Miss insiders on podcasts kept bringing up $1.2 million as the new asking price, if you understood correctly. Uh, may or may not be true. I don't know. I just What I believe to be true, uh, and I very much uh, know we're... Know, who I talked to and, and what they know, um, that was not what was agreed upon last week. It was less than that. For whatever that's worth to you. Let's you see. Um, if all of this is true about Jackson, Dart, and Judkins, do I think that Dart is showing immaturity by not trying to keep the team together? Instead, he's wanting to make demands on the coach about who's going to play in the ball game. I'm starting to wonder if the problem is a little bit different than what is being reported and blamed on Judkins. Well, the coach didn't give in to the quarterback's demands, but, I mean, you know, maybe I'm just blind to this, but if the team leader telling the coach, we have a teammate that's a problem, coach don't play him, I don't think that shows immaturity on the the level think, of the quarterback. I think that's exactly what you want a quarterback to do. I would agree in in the in the in the game. I would agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Like the quarterback has to be the one that's like, "Hey, I know this guy's our our best running back, but we got to get him out of the game because he's hurting us." That's leadership. I'll give you that. The other side of that would be putting up Instagram videos and subtweeting and doing whatever he did yesterday is not that. Yeah, it's pro- probably not the best, uh, and, and there's a reason I think th- those were taken it's down. Deleted, right? Yeah, yeah. And pro- yeah. That's that's not the that, that wasn't the best idea. But um, no, I, again, maybe I'm I'm looking at it from a blinded perspective. But if you've got a problem teammate, regardless of who that teammate is, as a leader, if it's untenable, mm-hmm. you going to the coach and saying, "Coach, don't play him. I don't care if we lose. He, he's he's not." on the boat with us that that's what you want mm-hmm. out of uh, out of your quarterback so um I, I know richard said it had nothing to do with money yesterday uh, hey dad's question i think was, was an interesting one though and, and i can't answer it w- without information but if the asking price wasn't so substantial if it was a lot 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 less money would this have been handled differently that is a good question yeah i mean it just it feels like the answer is yes it feels like I mean, 
Every, this is true about everybody, right? I mean, everybody's got a price for what they're willing to put up with in this life. <laughs> you know, my guess is at a certain price, you're saying, well, that guy's really talented and he helps us win games, so let's do it. But eventually you reach a price where you go, well, you know what? It's just not worth it anymore. It's just not worth it to keep him around. And we can try to find somebody who's 80% of him, and that'll be good enough for us to win ball games with as well. Yeah. We get this one. Uh, anytime these conversations all the time come in up. pro sports. Yeah, all the time. We get this message here that makes me sick that kids are negotiating with college football programs. Isn't a free college education enough? Most would love that deal. Yeah, but most can't run like him. Well, if you run a 4-4, you can get that deal. Can you juke one of the best linebackers in the country in the hole? Uh, I mean, can you run for a 1,000 yards in the SEC? I mean, you know, come on. Um, I, I understand that that perspective. Truly, I do. I paid for college. I had student loans. Uh, I understand that. But let, let's not talk about college football players as if they are the exact same as the regular students at the school. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> Blake Shapin, for example. How many Blake Shapins are on Mississippi State's campus? There is one. To replace yeah. him with uh, the KA down the street and, and and tell me how many ball games Mississippi State wins in oh, 2024. Oh, we got to hate on KA. What oh, I doing? was one. That's, that's why. Oh, you are? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't know that. Why? You know, what would happen? I should say because I got, you. I got. You. They've got the value, and that's why. Yeah. So anyway, six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We've talked about this a lot, and um, a, a lot of uh, the texts coming in. We appreciate all of you uh, at this point. Are a, a little bit of rehashing, so we'll uh, we'll. We'll probably best serve to to move on. What's yeah? What else can we say? Just, just be aware. Point? Just be aware as you're listening and you're like, God, I wish they'd stop talking about this. We're happy to do so. But if he announces in the next three hours where he's going to school, we will talk about it again. Yeah. Or if he makes any kind of statement, we will probably talk about it again. And, and we did. We got this question about who are they after? I mean, the the all of the talk is about guys that are not yet in the portal. So. It's hard to say, yeah, they should go get this guy when that guy's not even available as of this moment. Um, they're they're going to add via transfer portal. It's going to happen. Um, we'll, we'll just we'll have to see who it is to to speculate about guys that aren't even in yet, like Jarquez Hunter, for example, yeah. and then his window closes and now he can't go to Ole Miss. That's a waste of time. So not going to do it until the guy's at right? the portal. No, so Hunter's done because he played. Hunter is done on the thirtieth, right? But okay, so he's Jace, done today. Jace McClellan but, but, is not. Yeah, Hunt, well, Hunter is also. You say Hunter's done. It, it's because he hasn't announced. You know, he may have already sent in his paperwork, and there, you know, you know how that goes, right? So it's but usually possible. that I'm not leaks. saying that he is. It usually leaks, but sometimes I mean, if, if Auburn has got a lot to deal with, I mean, Auburn, like you said, this is the last day of it. They may have a few guys they're trying to process, and it's just taken a little while. So. So we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, a quick change of pace, similar position, different school. Daniel Hill, hey, Dad. We got the, yeah. this question on the text line. Uh, mm-hmm. Any any thought on on where he's leaning? I think he's going to Alabama. 
think that that is uh, when when you start seeing the national guys in twenty four seven and on three sports, both of their national guys put in crystal balls or whatever you want to call them uh, for Daniel Hill to go to Alabama. Um, Mississippi State, I know, has been recruiting Dante Dowdle, the uh, Oregon transfer, very heavily. I think they're doing that in anticipation that Daniel Hill will not be part of this team. So unless this is a unless you know. Levy has put together a, a little bit of a, of a smoke screen and is trying to get some some drum up some uh some uh some what's the word I'm looking for some drama, you know where everybody thinks he's going to go to Alabama and then he goes to Mississippi State. That's that's probably not gonna, the case though. I, I just don't think it is. I think Daniel Hill will will announce he's he's announcing tomorrow at what's called the All American Game. I think that used to be the Army All American Game. I could be wrong, and I think he'll announce that he's going to Alabama. And Alabama did get uh, at least one portal departure in the running back room. An extremely crowded running back room there in Tuscaloosa right now. And it, one's Always gone, is. and there's Always probably going to be more. Oh, I mean, the, the running back room in Tuscaloosa is always crowded because they're always recruiting at least one four-star guy and one five-star guy, and they usually get them. And if, if they get Daniel Hill, they'll have two four-star guys going into that room. So what, it becomes the same sort of situation you have with Dante Dowdle. Is you just recruit him, finish second, and you hope that those connections take you through the next time if he jumps in the portal. Somebody said at least players are not getting paid by Bitcoin yet. You ever seen that video of the guy but that you, um, paid for a pizza with a Bitcoin? So back when it was, it had absolutely no value whatsoever, and mm-hmm. it's still hard to like figure out what the value is in them. But still, when it had no value. This guy paid a pizza man for his pizza with a Bitcoin. And now like, the how? value of that co- like through the, I, I don't know how he did it, but uh, uh-huh. pizza guy delivered the pizza. He was like, hey, you know, I've got a bunch of Bitcoin. Will you, will you take one? Or, no, it was so, more than one. So it was like $80 million in value is what he gave Ooh. The pizza man at the time, a, which was nothing. Yeah, there's a there's a thing going around from an old. Did you ever? I don't know. You didn't play StarCraft back in the day. I did. I was a nerd. And some some tournament where like first prize got five hundred dollars, second prize got two fifty, and third prize got five bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> so if they held on to them, oh man, the bronze medal turned into gold. You know. Again, I have no idea why they're valuable or like what the value is, but I know that uh, had I bought one when some people were buying one and held on to it, I'd be rich today. One of those, yeah. uh, one of those things, I guess. And uh, it reminds me of the movie Idiocracy. You've seen that movie? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So of course, yes. everybody in the movie is wearing Crocs because the yeah. costume designer thought, well, these shoes are hideous and they look futuristic. And they're dumb. And so they'll look dumb by wearing them, but the company exploded after that, and so they they, they screwed up there. Just the things that yeah. that you should invest in that you don't, I guess. We, we should invest in Brondo. We're going to invest in plants crave. talking about Mississippi State basketball when we come back. You're hearing sports talk, Mississippi. What? what? This is so on Super Talk Mississippi.
Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad, Michael Borky here with you on a Friday afternoon. We go now to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Alan Cole covers the Gamecocks of South Carolina for the Rivals Network, GamecockScoop.com. Alan, this team won 11 games a season ago. They've already got 12 before conference play even gets started. Where did it come from? Why has this team turned around so quickly? I think the answer you see a lot of times in college sports these days is that they work the portal very well. You're going to see four out of their five starters tomorrow come from the transfer portal. Um, it's a good mix of uh, veterans and younger guys. You've got you know, guys from all levels. B.J. Mack has kind of been their leading public player this year. He's from Wofford. Brought in Talon Cooper from Minnesota. That was a guy with some Power 5 experience. He's running the show at point guard. Uh, Miles Studi brings some SEC experience from Vanderbilt. They just they kind of pulled a little bit from everywhere. They put together a pretty good start here with a mostly remade roster. And when you think about last year's team, they had a guy in Gigi Jackson that everybody thought was going to be a first round pick. And very rarely do you see a a, a player a team lose a talent like that and then immediately improve. Were there were there issues beyond just what was on the court with with Jackson? Is that has been sort of an addition by subtraction with him? I think there's some of that for sure. There was there were some things last year, especially down the stretch for that team. Once it was very clear they weren't going any kind of postseason, and Gigi Jackson, you know, starting to look ahead. Um, there was a, there was an instant after a game where he went on Instagram Live and got a little bit upset with Lamont Paris over some stuff. That guy was suspended for a game. Um, there's there was a couple other times where he got benched for stretches. Um, I don't know about addition by subtraction, but it definitely does seem like a little bit of a, a calmer locker room and maybe a more together locker room this year with so many new players and maybe not one superstar. When we look at, at the way this team has played through the non-conference, only the, the one loss to Clemson, now they enter conference play. You know, when we've, we've talked about Ole Miss, too, sort of a surprising team over here, undefeated after having, you know, these are the two worst teams in the conference a season ago, Ole Miss and, and, and South Carolina. Of course, South Carolina playing Mississippi State this weekend. Is, is there a, a fear of some fool's gold with South Carolina, or do you think this is a team that is, is kind of what it has shown itself to be to this point? I think there's some of that for sure, just because you haven't seen it yet with this program under Lamont Paris. This is year two of a new coach, and year one, obviously, we've talked about the way that went in a rebuild. So I think there is still a little bit of development of kind of wait and see and prove, but uh, I think the way I put it to someone else was the floor here has already been raised. It's pretty clearly a much better team. And then the question now is how far can it actually go and what the ceiling is. And I think you start finding that out tomorrow with uh, obviously a very talented Mississippi State team coming in here. This is a team that likes to shoot the three. They're shooting 35% from behind the arc. Uh, you mentioned Talon Cooper, 42% for him. Uh, that, that's great, great percentage there. Another couple, another guy, uh, Sloot, Miles Sloot, 39%. So they hit the three ball, but Mississippi State, I think, is fifth nationally in three-point difference. Is that, is that where the game is going to be decided? If, if State can bottle up South Carolina's three-point shooting, do they have a much better chance of winning? I think that is probably where the game ends up ends up going. You know, we know about the stuff inside. We know about Tolo back from Mississippi State and, you know, Mac for South Carolina. But that has been the identity of this team uh, for South Carolina all years, where they can get that three-point shot going. They're, they're a high-volume shooting team. They're going to take a lot. Uh, they're going to miss a lot, obviously, but they're also obviously going to try to um, make a lot. And that's I do think that is probably about where this game goes. The Mississippi State can shut that down. I don't know if South Carolina is going to have as many answers inside, especially with Mississippi State getting healthy in the front court. 
And then the other side of that, Mississippi State has, had, has been a team that has they've they've turned the ball over a great deal. They had 16 turnovers this past Sunday against Bethune Cookman. It was what Chris Jan said in his press conference after the game. Said that's our biggest issue is is turning the ball over. South Carolina is a team that doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. They're only averaging under 10 turnovers a game. They forced um, just over 10 turnovers a game. Can South Carolina be a team that pressures Mississippi State into mistakes? I think that could happen for sure. I think on the offensive end for South Carolina taking care of the ball, I think a lot of that comes back to Cooper. I mean, he was top 10 of the country in assists to turnover ratio at Minnesota last year, and that's carried over. On the defensive end, yeah, they're, they're quick. They're rangy on the defensive end. Um, Zachary Davis is going to come off the bench for them. I think he's a really good on-ball defender. They're going to try to throw him at some different players, I think, for Mississippi State. Um, it's a, you know, it's a deeper, it's a longer team than last year. And I think they're kind of better suited to contest on the perimeter a little bit. We're talking with, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Cole from, uh, GamecockScoop.com covers South Carolina, previewing Mississippi State, uh, versus South Carolina. 11 a.m. tip here in Mississippi, uh, tomorrow on CBS Sports. Kind of a surprising, uh, conference opener on national television. I remember when the, the schedule came out, I thought, they're, they're putting this game on, on TV, but it, it appears like you know it's going to be a, a pretty good matchup, and it appears the fan support over there in Carolina has been pretty good. Have they bought into this uh, Gamecock team? I think they have. I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like tomorrow. Uh, pretty much with kids back on campus. I think classes start Monday here, but it's gotten a lot better this year. Um, I think there's more of a belief in kind of what's going on, what this program looks like. Um, yeah, and the, it's always tough to say because right now it's basketball season. And I know Mississippi State women are here Sunday, too. It's always going to be women's basketball here, yeah. number one in the country. But I do think they're starting they're starting to see some buy-in with this men's team, um, and the results are starting to follow with that. It's you know, We've gotten this far into the uh, the interview, and I haven't talked once about Michi Johnson, the leading scorer for the Gamecocks, 17 points per game, a really good all-around basketball player. Is, has it been a case of how he's gone, the Gamecocks have gone, or, or do they have the guys around him, do you feel, that if he does have an off night, they can carry him? I think it's more than that with a three-point shooting. It's kind of as the three-point shooting's gone, he's gone. Um, they do still have a few other options. You're Like I said, B.J. Mack down low, you're going to – See a lot. They're going to try to get him involved, but I think if this team's going to be able to do what it wants to do, it involves a lot of Johnson shooting on the outside, facilitating things. He's not a true point guard, but he'll handle the ball a little bit, bring it up the floor. Um, I think he's he is kind of the straw that serves the drink here a little bit, along him and Cooper in the backcourt. Mississippi State is a team, you know, that, that with Chris Jans, they have a, a reputation for being very tough. Uh, very, very much a physical team, and the return of Tolu Smith really adds to that. How is this Gamecock team down low? Can they handle uh, Tolu Smith, Jimmy Bell, Cam Matthews, and that Mississippi State front court? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question for South Carolina, not only in this game, but as you go through an 18-game SEC schedule where the concern is going to be. It's definitely a much better front court than last year. It's deeper. Um, two, both, both front court players were transfers from lower levels. They got B.J. Max from Wofford and Stephen Clark from Citadel. Um, so it's a remade front court, but they don't have a lot of SEC experience there. They have, definitely haven't seen a player like Tolo yet this year, except maybe P.J. Hall at Clemson. Um, I think mean, that's just going to have to be a wait-and-see thing for this team as conference play goes down. 
when we do on my podcast every uh, whenever we predict a game, we, we predict what we call an X factor, a player that you wouldn't necessarily say is going to be your your offensive player of the game, the guy that you absolutely have to keep an eye on, but somebody you might count on to make some key shots or make a key defensive play for for the for the team. Who would be an X factor in this game for South Carolina? Mm, it's a good question. Um... I'm going to say maybe Jacoby Wright coming off the bench. He's really been their sixth man this year. He started one game when Michi Johnson had the flu. Um, good shot maker. He's a pretty good defender on the perimeter. He'll, he doesn't start, but he's played some crunch time minutes this year in some big games. Um, and I think if South Carolina finds a way to get it done, they're going to need some bench scoring in this game, and it might come from a guy like Jacoby Wright. We'll have to see what happens. So as we said, 11 a.m. tip uh, here in Mississippi, noon out there in South Carolina for what is a surprisingly uh, high-stakes game between Mississippi State and the Gamecocks. Alan Cole, GamecockScoop.com. Thanks, man. Really appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Really good stuff from Alan. Appreciate his, uh, as I said, appreciate him coming on. It's tough to do a, a ten minute basketball. It is, interview. especially when they haven't that. played conference games yet either. You know? They haven't played a single game. Yeah, it's like, and and if I don't know if you could tell, I haven't watched a ton of South Carolina basketball this year. Nor, so nor should you have. Did the best thing. Nor should I have. So, but this is such an interesting game for for Mississippi State because, first off, for whatever reason, over the last basically the last decade. State has kind of dominated South Carolina. Howland had their number almost every year. Uh, Jans was able to, to beat them last year when they came to the hump. Um, so I'm interested to see if that trend continues. And then Tolu back in the starting lineup, you know, State has to figure out that rotation. They have to figure out how Jimmy Bell's going to react coming off the bench and, and how do you want to play him. Um, my guess is, you know, when he signed with Mississippi State, he knew that Tolu Smith was the guy in front of him. Uh, so my guess is, it's it's not going to be an, an attitude problem or anything like that. It's just a simple fact of trying to figure out you know when do we bring him in, how do we play him, how do we plan the rotations around him, and, and things of that nature. But this is a veteran Mississippi State team there. They're loaded with experience, guys who have won games on the road before. Uh, they should be in pretty good shape over there in South Carolina. And like I said, this is a real good test for South Carolina. Who uh, you know you look at their non-conference, they've played some good teams, they've played some bad. Uh, they don't have a bad loss like Mississippi State does, but they don't have necessarily have a great win either. I guess their best win is against Clemson. Clemson, I know, has, has been, been successful in the early part of the year, but you know this as well as I do. Clemson basketball is a paper tiger yep. you, you, most years it, when, when you talk about it. So very, very good game, good test for Mississippi State before back-to-back home games next week with Tennessee and Alabama and, you know, State last year started off one and two. They, they, they lost to Tennessee and Alabama. They beat Ole Miss at home. We'll see what they start off this. They start off like this year. They, you know, they were one and seven, I think, at one point last year. They, they want to get off desperately to a better start in conference play this year. Alan joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. We'll talk more hoops. We'll get into picks with Bruce. We've got Portal to talk about. Mississippi State added a couple of guys since the last time we talked to you. Busy show today. Glad you guys are with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Porky and Haydad with you on a Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad you're with us. Bubba and Starkville on the text line. Bubba, I've had this stat of the day in the notes for three days. Richard just doesn't read them. 
So thank you for bringing it up. Stat of the day, 96 of the top 100 most watched television events. So the top 100 most watched things that happened on TV in the year 2023. Okay, 96 of them were sports. 93 of the 96 were NFL games. The other three, college football games. The remaining four, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the State of the Union Address, the Academy Awards, didn't know that was still a popular thing, and an episode of Next Level Chef. Uh, How'd that get in there? Because it aired immediately after the Super Bowl. (laughs) I was wondering, I was like, Everybody loves Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. 96 of the top 100 were college or NFL football, 93 being NFL football. <laughs> I mean, and you wonder why Florida State's want, desperate yeah. to break their grant of rights because they know how much how much more valuable they are than what they've agreed to be. Yeah. No, gosh, that's a lot. I mean, that's just why. I mean, you wonder why the NFL just prints money. They just print it. They they they, do, they can literally do whatever they want. They could say, right now, we're changing everything, and starting next year, we're going to air all of our games on Tuesday at four in the morning. And you know what? The ratings would be about the same. People would get up and watch the games. Yeah, that's why it, it cracks me up, and I understand why it's happening. Like all the the. NFL needs to fix the officiating after the debacle that was the the end of the Lions game. I mean, what a joke the NFL and the officials were after all of that. I mean, just awful. The the Lions got forgive the forgive the phrase, but they got screwed out of a win because of officiating incompetence, and that shouldn't happen. And all the reaction was, "Oh, the NFL can't stand for this. So things have to change. The NFL has to fix this now." No, they don't. Why? Are you going to stop watching? <laughs> I mean, no, they don't. They should, but do they have to? No. And now you've got the Cowboys in the playoffs? <laughs> they're, they're fine. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody threatened to quit watching the NFL a few years ago, but nobody actually did. Maybe a few people. I shouldn't say nobody. Maybe a few people were like, you know what, I don't want, I don't want to do this anymore. That's fine. Yeah. But the majority of people, even if some people stop watching for, for a, a few months, they, you come back. You can't get away. Mike says, I haven't watched a, quote, show on TV in over a year. I stream stuff. That That's part of it, too, is, I mean, just live shows every Tuesday night at 8 just is not a thing that people have to do uh, anymore yeah. because of streaming. Yeah. People, people, I don't think people your age especially understand, like, there was a there was a time where if you missed a show, that was it. You would never see it. You would never see it. Or if you, you didn't go see a movie at the movies, well, you're just never going to see that movie again. You know? I was, listening, I was listening to the rewatchables the other day, and they were talking about something the guy said, well, I don't think somebody expected somebody to watch this movie 48 times and, and be able to see all this stuff. And I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, when you were a kid, when you went to the theater, you went to go see The Empire Strikes Back, you left the theater, you're like, I will never see that movie again. I was great. I'm glad I enjoyed it because yeah. I'll never see it again. And you, you didn't realize that there was going to come a time where you could watch it whenever you wanted to. And see all the mistakes and the uh, stormtrooper no hitting mistakes. his head perfect, on the on the door frame. That's a perfect movie. Perfect movie. How dare you? Been watching Reacher. 
that's that's a once a week release. So I got to wait until Thursday to yeah. watch Reacher. Yeah. Great show, Disney by the way. Does that with the uh, with the uh, with the double like the Mandalorian and all that? I'm like, I don't yeah. like that. Just, just I want to watch it all. I'll watch it on my own time. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll do it all in one night. No, Reacher's great because it's it's just a perfect TV show. It's a comically large man. So they they apparently I, I haven't read the books, but a friend of mine told me this, and I believe him because the 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 Reacher movies with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Well, they said it was ter- that's a terrible person to play Jack Reacher. Yeah, because he's tiny. And him yeah. beating up six goons is just like, you know, that that doesn't add up. This Reacher for the show is what the books say he's supposed to be, which is a comically large, he's like 6'7", like 265, and there's not an ounce of fat on him. Just like a gigantic dude. I don't know the actor's name, yeah. but all it is is just Americana. He's ex-military, and the, the two seasons are, are vastly different storylines, but... He just beats up bad guys and talks about how great America is. I mean, it's just the best show. There, there's there's no yeah. downside. There's good-looking women. Like, it's It's just it's the perfect show. And if you are a woman, a woman listening, he often takes his shirt off. So th- there's something for you, too. I mean, it's just it's great. No, yeah. they, they check all the boxes. Uh, no, but it, it, I, I do really uh, enjoy it. Just beating up. Terrorists, you know, I mean, that, that's all he did the yeah. last episode. He just fought terrorists for an hour. It was awesome. Uh, I, I love this country so much, thanks to Reacher. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll get the train back on the tracks here. We'll uh, preview Ole Miss Tennessee basketball when we come back. So we talked state South Carolina a little bit ago with Alan Cole. We're going to turn the page and we'll talk about the, the night game tomorrow. Uh, featuring one of our SEC teams, and that's Ole Miss at Tennessee. We'll do that when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. Mm, From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We were scheduled to visit with Ben McKee of Go Balls 24-7, but it sounds like there's some robots eating his phone or something. There's some phone issues. Uh, the, the dial tone is all weird and messed up. So uh, hopefully we can talk to Ben down the line maybe later on in the show uh, because right now it uh, could not get that to connect. So anyway. I'll, I'll, shoot, I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> and uh, if it can't work out, that's, uh, that's okay. Uh, I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. The day before conference play begins in basketball, I put a poll out there. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you should, by the way, or X, if you will. Sports Talk Miss is how you can find us. And the question is, SEC play starts tomorrow in basketball. What is your excitement level? The options are through the roof, very excited, kind of, or not at all. Not at all, only 6%. Kind of, only 19%. 56% are very interested, and 19% are through the roof. Uh, if I ran this That's poll good. in many years past, you want to know what those results would have been? Different. <laughs> Most certainly been different. not 
that. And uh, and I love this. I'm really excited about it. So um, uh, we'll start, get a big picture thought from you, hey, Dad. So we, we talked to a, the, the South Carolina guest uh, for a second. But uh, for Mississippi State fans, uh, you know, maybe not their quote-unquote excitement level, but this game itself, what are the expectations here? That's a good question. Um, I think they expect to win. I think they expect this team to be good. I think they expect to be back in the NCAA tournament. You know, Chris Jans has, you know, the, 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 the Southern game earlier this year, that's the first time that State has ever uh, sort of disappointed under Chris Jans, right? Last year, you know, you knew that team was so flawed offensively that you just appreciated the effort. And then when they started winning games, they started winning games. This year against Southern was the first time we were like, that's, that's not what should be going on here. Um, but they've bounced back nicely. They've won five straight since then. Now Tolu's back. I think, and, and, and like I mentioned earlier, State has just had such success against South Carolina over the last, you know, eight, nine years that I think State expects to go to South Carolina and win this basketball game and get off to a 1 0 start. And then you play a, a, a Tennessee team currently fourth in the net right now, I believe. Uh, they've, they've been really, really good. They're ranked 12th in the AP poll. Then you play Alabama on next Saturday. Alabama's an interesting team. I think they're fifth in the uh, in the net. They're eight and five. All five losses are quad one. So basically, they've played a bunch of good teams. They just haven't been able to beat any of them. But it's it's helped their schedule out. And if that that's a team that means, you know, if they go eight and ten in the conference, they're going to be okay. Their 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 net will be fine. So state wants to get off to a faster start this year in conference play. They want to show that they are a a team to be reckoned with. Uh, in the SEC, and it starts uh, Saturday in this game in South Carolina, where with Tolu back in the starting lineup, you know you feel good about state's chances. Yeah, Mississippi State 32 currently in the net, South Carolina 46. So help me out. If they win this game on the road, that's a quad one win, correct? Quad one. It's a quad one win for the time being. It just depends on what happens with South Carolina. Yeah. But it, on, on, when the resume, when they update the net rankings, State will be a it will be a quad one win for the Bulldogs. I'm really excited to watch this game. Honestly, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. They've seemingly really bounced back from that Southern loss, and I mean, if they're 32 in the net, then it seems like their metrics say that they have uh, survived that loss, at least in the non-conference. Uh, anyway, they they played a difficult schedule and won a lot of those neutral site games, and um, it, it's just not destroying. Uh, their metrics the way at the time it felt like it was going to. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, 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 like I said, though, and I've been saying, Michael, is that loss is it's just an anchor, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever happens the rest of the year, let's say State plays great basketball the rest of the year, right? They finish 12-6 and six in the conference. That would put them at 24-8, and eight, right? It's a great team, good record. And so they, they end up as a six seed, right? They would have been a four seed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's how you have to look at that. And, and, you know, a lot of people will tell you, well, it doesn't really make that big a difference as long as you get in. It makes a difference if you're a seven or an eight. Do you really want to play this, the, the one seed in the, in the first or in the second round? No, you don't. So yeah, state needs to, state needs to, to pile up wins in conference play, uh, to have a, a chance to, to overcome the stigma of a quad four loss. Yeah. They, they, when we get to the, to the, to the selection day, it's quite possible that nobody's going to have a worse loss among the the SEC teams in Mississippi State unless somebody loses to Vanderbilt. I don't know if you know this, by the way. I, I looked this up for my podcast. So state, Southern's uh, net is like 187. It's not good, right? Quad four loss. 
Vanderbilt's is 268. They're 80 spots below a SWAC team. So when we talked about State having a historically bad loss Yeah, 184 Southern, currently for Southern and Vanderbilt. Yeah, like and then you. Vanderbilt is... 268, 270, something like that was when I looked yesterday afternoon. I mean, it's, it's always changing, but 266. Whoever, it, you know, I don't know that Vanderbilt's going to go 0 and 18 in the conference. I don't know that that's going to happen or not. But whoever loses to them is going to have a, I mean, it's going to bomb your net. You yeah. may see a situation where you, your net drops 10 points as a result of a loss to Vanderbilt. You can, and State has them at home. You no. cannot lose that game. So, I mean, that, that is a must win game, is, right? Well, it's, and look where it is, too. It's it's between Tennessee, Alabama, then you play Vanderbilt, and then you go to Kentucky. Ooh, the worst I mean, spot. you got to have that one. you got to have that one. On the flip side, uh, tell me if you agree with this uh, or not. Ole Miss uh, at Tennessee, the Vols are, are very, very good. If you look at just their stats uh, compared to the rest of the SEC, it's not all that impressive. Like, like they're at the middle or near the bottom uh, of most categories, but here's why that doesn't matter at all. Because they have played Syracuse, they've played number two Purdue, number one Kansas at North Carolina, and they've beaten Illinois and NC State. They have played a schedule that lends to having, uh, especially offensive metrics that aren't as high as teams that have not played a schedule that is that difficult. Difficult. This is a very, very, very good Tennessee team. Yeah, they're, they're 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 just good, and I mean, Rick Barnes has got that program. He's had them. Are they the, they may be the best team over the last five years to have not really won anything, yeah. right? They they've been good. They've won a lot of games, but they haven't won in the tournament when it, when it's counted. But that's a really good, well coached basketball team, talented too. Yeah, and and so Ole Miss, it's kind of a free shot here, right? They're fifty nine in the net. Um, losing this game will help you. Because that's how the net works sometimes. I mean, just just playing Tennessee, who's what, number five on the road, um, number six, excuse me, uh, is going to help. Mm-hmm. So I think Ole Miss is an 11.5-point underdog. That that kind of feels right. Um, their physicality is going to get tested. Their, their first real road game, we've talked about that this week some. It's, I mean, the first time that it's a sold-out uh, Thompson Bowling, by the way. Every seat will be full. It's going to be an absolute hornet's nest. It's a really good Tennessee team. The, the The first sign of true adversity might be hitting this team, and, and we'll see how they're able to handle it. Um, if they don't win, so what? I mean, when you're going on the road at number six, you're you're fine. Just uh, you know, shoot your shot and see what happens. Florida becomes a lot more interesting next week, but we'll get to that uh, when that time comes. For now, though, I mean, it's a free shot, right? That's fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, and this, this game's in the Pavilion. Is that correct? No, it's at, it's in Knoxville. That Tennessee, uh, it's, that makes it a lot tougher. Obviously, would love to see what the crowd would be like for that for a Saturday tip against Tennessee. There, you would think you'd have a packed house, but I mean both both State and Ole Miss. You know, I feel like they're they're good teams. I feel like State has the anchor of the Southern loss. Ole Miss's anchor is that they were bad last year, right? Isn't that stupid? <laughs> Nobody, well, people people see college basketball turnarounds, and it, it's a fair question when you look at non-conference games, right? I mean, for the most part, Ole Miss has some good wins in here, obviously. But when you look at non-conference games, when you play 13 of them, you can't really judge what your team is until you get into the SEC. Yeah. You know, in football, that happens week three, week four. In basketball, it doesn't happen until January. So even when you're 12-1, and 13-0, like Ole Miss is, like South Carolina is, 
you have some question marks sometimes, unless you've beaten a big team. You know, if, if somebody had beaten Kansas or, or, or Illinois or something, you, you would you would think differently of them. But when you just play a normal non-conference schedule, and you were bad a year ago, everybody's like, "Well, let's see what happens." And that's what it, that's that's what it is. I saw an article from the uh, the Athletic. I forget who wrote it just yesterday. He said, "You know, with Ole Miss, they're going to be for a real surprise when conference play starts. It's going to be a lot tougher for them." Yeah, well, no, well, no, no duh. It's going to be tougher in conference play. Who cares? Who knew? Who would have guessed such a thing? So, but I mean, uh, but at the same time, it's it's because Ole Miss was bad last year. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, Kentucky, Kentucky doesn't matter what they do; they can show up, and they're like, oh, that'd be pretty good this year. Yeah, for uh, for sure. So we'll see. I'm excited. Conference play starts uh, tomorrow in basketball. We'll be back on Monday, of course, uh, to talk about that Thunder and Lightning. Uh, we'll have uh, a post game recap of some kind on Sunday, right? Is when that'll be posted. Yeah, absolutely. And as will the Rebel Report. So if you're looking for some more of us, if you're a state fan and you're not listening to Thunder and Lightning already, uh, you're a, a anomaly at uh, at this point. But wherever you get your podcast, Thunder and Lightning, find it there. If you're an Ole Miss fan, Rebel Report. Wherever you get your podcast, find it there. And of course, this show is uploaded every day, commercial free for you. Sports Talk Mississippi, wherever you get them, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is, get us on demand there. We'll turn the page. Mississippi State got portal pickups when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. 601-879-4395. So, portal activity picking up uh, in Starkville. We talked a lot about Ole Miss's additions over the last few weeks. Mississippi State now has entered the fold. So we'll start with the one last night and then get to the one today, Haydad. You actually, in the video uh, that I clipped and put out there, uh, from yesterday's show, talking about state recruiting, you made reference to this player, and it became old news rather fast, but I still put the video out there because you talked about other things, a uh, Power 5 wide receiver to Starkville. Yeah, I actually knew he had committed. That oh, man. <laughs> I get it. I, I couldn't say. I had, I had to wait on him, but I, I knew at that point. Um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Kevin Coleman, now that's a name that might be kind of familiar to some Mississippians. He played at Jackson State, signed with uh, Jackson State out of high school as part of that class with, uh, I think, Dion's first class with, with Travis Hunter, a four-star kid who was committed to Miami. He flipped from Miami, didn't draw the same headlines, obviously, as Hunter did. Uh, then when Dion dipped to Colorado, uh, he transferred to Louisville, had a, a relatively successful season for them last year, big player receiver, um, State still needs to get some veteran guys. I think I think they're going to go after one more receiver in this portal class. Um, it is it's pretty obvious from just the way that things have gone thus far in terms of recruiting that Jeff Lebby's putting a lot of his chips into the idea that they can win shootouts next year. That defensively they're going to try to get as many guys as they can, but they, they they're going to have to be a team that outscores its opponents. And I said it I, I've I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. That's what Ole Miss did year one under Kiffin, right? The games they won, they outscored their opponent. They didn't have a single game where you're like, wow, defense really put, stepped up in that one in year one. Um, I think that's what State's going to have to be in some ways next year. 
I think that, you know, especially when we talk about the conference games, they're going to be have to be 35-plus points if they want to win. And so you're seeing Levy really pu- pushing the offensive recruiting thus far. And not only about the wins, hey, Dad. So, so you're trying to, as you build a program, build confidence in what you're doing, right? Because it might not look beautiful right away. Look at Auburn, for example. So Auburn was never supposed to be good this year. But how they looked and the messaging around Auburn should make Auburn fans be really mm-hmm. concerned about the direction that they're going. Ole Miss's mm-hmm. record, and, and they played a SEC-only schedule in, in Kiffin's first year. But... Mm-hmm. They lost games, but what did they do in those games? They scored points. They got they a standing ovation as they, they left the field after the Alabama game, and Kiffin was mad about that, but still, they yeah. at least looked like, okay, I see something here. This is an offensive guy, and the offense is great. Jeff Levy's an offensive right. guy, and even if they, they lose six, seven games in year one, but the offense is great, you have proof of concept is a phrase that a lot of people like to use. You have something to buy. The opposite during the build. Yeah, the opposite with with, with Arnett, right? Yeah. Like his the game against LSU, where they give up forty one points, and 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 neighbors is wide open on every play, and Daniels is just killing them. Now at the time we didn't know what Daniels was, obviously, but right. the next weekend South Carolina, uh, 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 Rattler was eighteen of twenty. Xavier Leggett has one hundred eighty yards receiving. If State had lost those games in tight defensive games where they just couldn't score. Arnett, you're like, okay, well, Arnett's doing his job on the defense. they got to figure out this offense. Maybe they fire Barbet at the end of the year, but Arnett gets another year. But when you're bad defensively and your head coach is a defensive guy, that's that's a problem. And the same thing, like you just said, when you're good offensively, if your head coach is an offensive guy, it buys him credibility. And I think that's what's going to happen. You, you mentioned that Alabama game. I guarantee, guarantee that every Ole Miss fan was far more excited about their team after they lost to Alabama that year. Yep. Then Mississippi State fans were this year when they beat Arkansas seven to three. Yep. When that 100%. game happened, everybody's like, "What is this? What is this? This is awful. This is not what football is supposed to be anymore." Whereas with Ole Miss fans, you're like, "Hey, when they get it figured out defensively, we're we're going to be okay." And and you you couldn't say that with with Mississippi State. So Levy is an offensive guy. I expect the offense to take. First of all, it won't be difficult to take a big jump anyway because they were the worst offense in the conference a season ago. If they're tenth this year, that's that's a big jump. But I think he's going to put together an offense that's going to challenge to be in the close to the top half of the conference. Last year, I think if you averaged like thirty-one a game, that's close. That's about what you had to get for six and six. And if that's so, that's where you want to hope stay. And you know, it goes up and down, right? They'll 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 put up fifty plus hmm. against the FCS team. I don't know about Toledo. Toledo's a good team this year, but I don't know what they're going to bring to Starkville next year. But you hope you can put up forty plus in that game. Um, they have another. Looks like Toledo lost a bunch of really good players in the portal. So. They did, and they play UMass. That should be a game where you get forty, fifty points. So, so you know it'll balance out when you only get twenty against somebody or against Alabama. Well, they don't play Alabama next year. When they when they play Georgia, they only get like fourteen points or in something Texas. like that. It'll all balance out, yeah. But if you're around thirty points per game, you're going to have an opportunity to be a uh, a, a, a six and six team and get to a bowl game in, in year one. Yeah, and Dan says sounds I, I have, like Big have, Twelve have, football. No defense, but here, here's the thing. So, I'm not saying in one they're they're not ignoring defense either because we'll get to the second guy that they added here in a second. I've got some good news for you, Dan, if you're a state fan. Um, but to Dan, what you're you're building right? That that's the point, and I know it's the portal age, but to flip totally, completely flip an entire roster, totally and completely 
looks like Colorado. So you, you have to be you have to be smart in the way that you go about it, right? And, and so if you're trying to build and if you're trying to get people to buy in, don't you have to think that it would be smart to emphasize one side of the ball more so than the other for now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way it has to be. Right now, if you're trying to, if, even if you don't want to call it a rebuild, right, getting both sides of the ball up to snuff is going to be tough. Yeah. Better to start where, where, you, where you have the experience, where you have the expertise, get that up and running, win some shootouts, build the excitement. Points put people in the stands, too. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't want to show up. And, nowadays, people don't want to show up and watch 13 to 10, 14 to, to 13. Nobody wants to watch that. They, you know, they want to see 35-31. They want to see 42-38. Things like that, even if you're losing. You so, know what else it gets people I've been to saying, do? I said, donate money. Donate money. Because yeah. then it becomes really it becomes your your pitch becomes a lot easier. Like, hey, we're we're humming on offense. Man, if we had some NIL money to get some more quality defensive players up in here, we would be rolling. And that's how you that's what you sell. That's how you sell it. But they're uh they're not completely ignoring defense. Stone Blanton, the uh the Mississippi native yeah. South Carolina linebacker, hit the transfer portal and uh to no surprise has made his return to Mississippi. And uh, I mean that that goes to show by the way in high school recruiting, in the portal age, where if you if you finish, finish second, second in high school recruiting, and also make sure you don't post on on your um, <laughs> disparaging things about the because he, he could hit the portal. You never know and, what's going to come back to haunt you and come back to your school. But uh, you know, and, and that's why I love portal pickups like Stone Bland. Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what he can do in the SEC already. You got to replace 250 some odd tackles from your inside linebackers. There's there's one guy you're going to give an opportunity to, right there. His recruitment, if you don't recall, he was committed to Mississippi State baseball, uh, but when it came time for the to the, make the real decision, he decided to go to South Carolina uh, over Mississippi State and Ole Miss, uh, and ends up uh, you know was a starter there and as a team captain as a sophomore out there in, in Columbia, but has decided to come back home. Only took the one visit, was committed basically by the time he got onto campus. Uh, no drama whatsoever with Stone Blanton. So he is a guy who have an opportunity day one to replace Jet Johnson and Buki Watson. Yeah, so uh, excited to – I mean, you knew the second he hit the portal that Mississippi State was going to be probably where he was going to end up. I mean, like you, you don't even have to have like inside information to think, okay, Mississippi State lost those linebackers. They need linebackers badly. This kid's from Mississippi. One plus one equals two. Usually, anyway. Is Common Core still a thing? It may not in Common Core, but in the math that I grew up on, one Carry plus one equals three. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're correct. I mean, it's, and it was almost a situation where, you, you know, and you, we talked about Jarquez Hunter earlier. There have been some, some whispers connecting him to Ole Miss, not even when he was in the portal. Even before Stone Blanton was in the portal, there were some whispers like, ah, he's probably coming back home on this one. And so here it is. Sometimes, sometimes rumors are correct. Sometimes they are. I did see. Uh, speaking of the, I guess there. Are, everybody's calling it pre-portaling now. Um, I, I did see a. Uh, is that like pre-prom? Kind yeah. Of, what's going on here? I, I saw a, a 
college football Twitter account, a bunch of followers, like 60,000 followers, say that the Judkins deal reeks of tampering and do something NCAA. And I just, I wanted to send that guy a message and say, hey, buddy, um, stop. There is no tampering. Yeah, just, just, no. Um, the best time is to delete this post is now. Yeah. The second best time is any other time after that. One, they're not going to do anything. And two, if. Did you see what Bud Elliott said? Yeah, I don't think you want to invite the. <laughs> you you want to bring the NCA back to Oxford? How'd that go last time? I feel like it's a more exemplary cooperation. Make it happen. I feel like this time though, uh, they've just resigned. It would be the other way. They've yeah. just given up. They're they're done. They they're don't like, care. Hey, whatever. Well, you guys do what you want. I don't even care. Did you see? I saw this tweet. I don't know how much time I have, but twenty seconds. They said at Ole Miss, at Ole Miss NIL stands for now it's legal. Hey, you know. I thought that was funny. Play the game as it is uh, presented to you, I suppose. We got picks with Bruce when we come back. We'll, we'll get some basketball picks in NFL when we come back. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Forky and Haydad with you. We turn to the Farm Bureau guest on. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Our buddy Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net, Vegas Insider. You hear him every Friday with his picks, and we appreciate him as always. Happy New Year, Bruce. Thank you for your time. We'll start with hoops, though. I know it's the last weekend of the NFL regular season, but a couple of interesting basketball games featuring teams from our state are happening tomorrow. And uh, we'll start with the night game. Ole Miss, uh, a big underdog uh, at Tennessee, a tall task and a sold-out Thompson Bowling. Uh, any shot uh, for the Rebels here in this game? I think so. I mean, I've I've liked uh, you know everything that Chris Beard has done here, um, and uh, it I mean it's worked like a charm. Uh, they had a, a couple of close games early. I mean that game at Detroit was a little puzzling. Detroit had, still hadn't won a game, I don't think this year, but. Um, when they took down NC State like that, NC State's not a bad team. Uh, that suggested to me that maybe to watch, this might be a team to watch. They're stepping up a lot here, and Tennessee has played a tougher schedule uh, than Ole Miss. But um, now that, you know, um, these guys have gotten, you know, their eligibility for for uh, for Ole Miss, and uh, you're going to see Brandon Murray starting to score a lot more uh, coming up because he's a big-time uh, scorer. And that backcourt, you know, uh, they got a lot of savvy there. And uh, a lot of guys with experience in college basketball, a couple of years worth of experience. I mean, a guy like, uh, you know, Flanagan's been around in Auburn. He was a star player, and he's doing better now than he ever did at Auburn. So I think they've got a chance uh, to hang around. I have not seen a number yet. I will try to find it right now. I guess 11 and a half up. is uh, one that I've got in front of me. Yeah. That, that's yeah, that's right. That sounds right. I'm checking out right now. Um, I, you know, Beard's record is pretty good as an underdog throughout his career, so I would be inclined to to give uh, give the Rebs a look plus the points. 
Then over here in Starkville, uh, Bruce, Mississippi State traveling to South Carolina. It looks like it's basically a pick 'em right this second. Uh, State's a one and a half point favorite. Tolu Smith came back last week and looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Should be back in the starting lineup for this one. How do you like this uh, CBS game, national uh, television audience in Columbus? Yeah, and yeah, this is good. And, and Tolu's back, and, and uh, except for those a uh, couple slips, you know, about a month ago, uh, you know, Mississippi State has looked uh, has looked pretty. Pretty darn uh, good, um, and uh, and and really, I mean, the defense has been awfully awfully solid there. Now you've got the big guy uh, back in there. Uh, Jimmy Bell stepped in there really nice when Tolu was out. So I, I there's a lot to like there at Mississippi State, but South Carolina is is also one of these surprise teams in, in the league. And uh, Lamont Paris has really done a nice job there in his second year. Turning the things around with them, they uh, the schedule hasn't been all that uh, super difficult uh, for them either. Although you know that win at Grand Canyon is not all that bad. Grand Canyon's a really good team, and they won that tournament out there in uh, Phoenix. I like a couple of the um, uh, the portal ads that uh, that South Carolina made. Miles Studio is a really good all around player there for Vanderbilt. He's like a jack of all trades. He plays good defense. He gets boards. He's fit in very nicely there uh, as a big guard there for for the Gamecocks. Uh, so you know they're kind of interesting there, and and uh, you know Michi Johnson out there running the show at the point. Uh, he came from Ohio State two years ago, but it's a very confident point guard. And of course they've got uh, you know the big kid down on the blocks there in uh, Max. So I, I think South Carolina actually might be worth a look at. I'm kind of looking at them as a team to watch. Uh, this year, because I, I like some of the pieces they've got there, uh, especially those transfers working out. And uh, and Mac has come in from Warford and really given them a presence down in the box. So, Bruce, help me out with this NFL line. I can't make sense of it, and I want it to happen. Don't get me wrong. Panthers, Bucks, and a Saints fan needs the Panthers to win this game if they're going to make the playoffs. Well, not really. There's other scenarios, but the easiest path is a Bucks loss and a Saints win. The Panthers are horrendous, Bruce, and they're only a four and a half point underdog in a must win game for Tampa. What am I missing here? You know, I think that's just based on how bad Tampa looked last week. And a lot of the Tampa wins have been close, but they have been a really good road team this year, though. And uh, they have been an exceptional road team this year. So, uh, and against the spread. So I, I would definitely give. Tampa Bay, look, I think that price is too low. I think a lot of that has to do with last week, though. But, I mean, last week, I mean, the Panthers, that was one of the most pathetic showings of the season, that game at Jacksonville. There's just nothing happening there. Um, and Bryce cannot uh, – I, you know, I'm telling you, I swear, I didn't realize, and I watched Bryce, you know, throughout his career at Alabama, but he really looks small in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's pocket-sized. I mean, you can't do some things with Bryce – even though he's, I know things are going to come, you know, come around, but he he ain't big like Anthony Richardson, and you can't run the tush push with him like you can with the Hurts with the Eagles. He is just too bloody small, and this this whole thing is blown up, and the the owner is a complete buffoon, um, and they're going to have another coaching change there. So this is an anti-Carolina pick as much as anything, and I'm like you, the line is too cheap for the Bucks on Sunday. 
Bruce, when I, I think about these last few weeks in the NFL, I've been watching the Eagles and the way they struggled, you know, losing last week in a game where they had a big lead, but losing ultimately to, to the Cardinals. Now they're in a spot where not only do they need to win, they need the Cowboys to lose if they want to clinch the division. They're a five-point favorite against the Giants this weekend, who've been sort of this weird team at the end of the year. They had the Tommy DeVito thing for a, for a few minutes there. Now, now they've gone back to Tyrod Taylor. Uh, are, are the Eagles going to continue their slide here, or, or can they at least finish the season with a, with a win? I'm not confident in the Eagles. I'm not sure they're even going to win this game. Um, by the way, you may have some weather up there at the Meadowlands on those Sundays, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Devontae Smith has been ruled out now for this game. Um, so uh, Julio, by the guy I would watch here. I mean, Julio Jones caught a couple touchdown passes last week. He hasn't done much this year, but all of a sudden – He's there, and he's going to be sort of featured now. Um, and they're going to need him because uh, the Giants are going to try to gang up on, on A.J. Brown. But the Eagles have not been running the ball as good this year. They haven't been pressuring the opposing quarterbacks as good. They've lost four or five down the stretch here. The Giants came back at them at that game on uh, Christmas Day and really had a shot at the end, at least to force uh, overtime there. I really believe the Giants are a better team with Tyrod. Well, they're more dangerous than they were at DeVito. Uh, and I think they're better with him than they were with Daniel Jones, to tell you the truth. And uh, I think Saquon's going to play. I, I think the Giants have a shot here uh, to, to pull this one off and plus five, definitely. They are still playing very hard for Brian Dable, who I think is safe. I mean, they're talking in midseason that uh, they were thinking about a change. But no, I mean, they went to the playoffs last year. He's certainly got another year. But I think he's actually stumbled into his best quarterback scenario here. I, I like Tyrod in one shot here more than even with Daniel Jones, who's out for the year. Giants, for me, maybe even went out right Sunday. Hey, Bruce, uh, more of a, a big-picture thought as opposed to just a pick because uh, you're not just a picks guy. You, you understand the game better than anybody I know. The Cowboys this year, I mean, they, they, they've looked good at, at times, looked really good at times, struggle on the road. Can Dak and the Cowboys make the run that, that people have been waiting for the Cowboys to make since I was one year old? <laughs> well, I'm old enough. I remember when they were actually really a title contender, I mean, a long time ago, and actually won Super Bowls back in the 70s and then one of the 90s, too. Uh, the short answer is no. I don't think they are. I don't think they're in really much different than they were last year, just a little bit more uh, exaggerated in their pattern. I mean, Dak has always been a king of, I call him the king of hollow statistics. Uh, piles up a lot of stats against teams they can beat up. The Cowboys run up scores against uh, helpless opposition. And because Sam Howell is playing this week for the Commanders, I think that might work again here. I, if Brissett played, I think Washington would have a chance, but he's got that hamstring, and, and Howell has been really bad the last month and a half. Uh, and, and the home road thing is very real for Dallas. They're not going to beat a good team on the road. They haven't all year. Um, and at home now, but they're going to be playing better teams at home. I mean, the schedule broke so well for them this year um, at home, and they certainly could have lost that game against the Lions. No, I don't think so. I mean, if they play the Lions in a rematch in the playoffs, that wouldn't be a first-round matchup. It'll probably be uh, Green Bay or the Rams in the first round. I, I, I know they beat the Rams earlier in the season. I'd be very scared about that for Dallas right now. I don't know. And if they go and play San Francisco, they're going to have to go out to Levi's, and they're not going to beat them out there. So I'm, I wouldn't hold my breath on Dallas getting into uh, uh, into the Super Bowl here. And the other question here is if, if they flame out early, um, 
does Jerry stick with the McCarthy? Um, Jerry thinks he can win a Super Bowl this year, but he certainly doesn't want to go one and done. And I think that might finish McCarthy as well. So keep an eye on that uh, also. Bruce, in 20 seconds, I, I forgot to mention this. We do have college football this weekend. Do you have a play <laughs> on the FCS championship game? I'm going to take Washington. Here's a stat for you and uh, to condense everything. Kalen DeBoer is an underdog at Washington, 5-0, and not just against his point spread, but straight up. I think he's uh, spectacular. I think Harbaugh is going to leave. I'm not sure how that impacts Michigan, but they could use McCarthy more than they, they have. I think Penix in a fast track in the Dome in Houston. I'm taking Washington in a very bittersweet night for the Pac-12 to uh, maybe win this thing for once as the league breaks up. Wouldn't that be ironic? Bruce Marshall, Vegas Insider, BAMSports.net. Bruce, you're the best. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Michael. See you later. Bruce joined us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. He misheard me, and uh, and that's okay. But he gave us fire. Pick he, Washington. I hope they win. We'll be right back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. <laughs> Coordinator news going around right now. Jeff Collins, by the way, Brian Haydad's friend, swag, is uh, off to North Carolina to, to coach the defense there. Uh, as a surprise to nobody on both of these, LSU fired basically their entire defensive staff, including Matt House, their defensive coordinator, and Hugh Freeze uh, fired Philip Montgomery today, but not before he hit him with a bus just one more time. <laughs> oh, Hugh. I mean, hey, Hugh. who could have seen that coming? Uh, certainly not me. Wow. I mean, their but offense did stink, but... It did stink. But that being said, to uh, to bring it a little closer to home, the top candidate for the replacing Philip Montgomery as the offensive coordinator at Auburn is Ole Miss assistant coach Derek Nix. That's what's being reported by... Uh, by Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports. Yeah. So, as I understand it, that, that was talked about a year ago in some capacity. and um, That's interesting, right? Because if he wants to be a head coach, being an offensive coordinator, it, you would assume, is, is the next step, right? If, the, if that's the aspiration, and after what happened in training camp this year with running the scrimmage as the head coach and, and his comments after that makes you believe that that is absolutely what he wants, that would make sense. On the flip side, though, do you want to get thrown under the bus every single week when your offense is poor, and then when your offense is good, you get none of the credit? Is that is that an environment that you want to put yourself in? There, I mean, I mean, Nick's Nick's kind of knows that though, doesn't he? I, you would think, doesn't you know? Yeah, you know, he's worked with with Freeze before, so he knows what he's getting into at least. Yeah, I mean, and the playbook is playing itself out. That's why the the Auburn fans crack me up so bad. When when people that witnessed it with Ole Miss are telling them that the exact same thing is happening there, they just don't believe it's, it, and it's you're it's seeing funny. it happen in real time. It leaks today that he hated the staff. Yeah, 
did the same thing with the state fans talk to Florida fans be like, this is how it's going to be, and he's not going to recruit, and at Florida that's going to show up a lot faster than it did at Mississippi State, and that's exactly what happened. And so the same thing is with the your, your exes know you better than anyone, man. Mm-hmm. Ain't no they doubt. They know. And, and so, yeah, the Ole Miss fans, they weren't lying to the Auburn fans on this one. No, and you're seeing it play out. The, the lack of staff connections hurt him building his first staff, and now it's leaking that uh, it's been well known that he didn't like the staff that he hired, and so there's going to be a lot of changes. And because of his lack of connections, it's going to be underwhelming again, and that's how this goes. But for LSU, I mean, it's been reported that they've been really going heavy after Missouri's defensive coordinator – uh, that would have been uh, a big-time pickup had it happened, but it still has not happened as of yet. But that would be huge for, for Brian Kelly to get that done, and that has been the hot rumor for the last few days. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. You know, I, That's a job I'm kind of surprised considering that you know LSU interviewed him now was Orgeron, but I'm kind of surprised that Arnett's name hasn't come up there yet. Yeah, why? Why not? I wonder. I don't know. He might be happy this year. He might just be like, "I'm gonna take my uh, my three mil and just sit around the house, and I'll get back into it next year." I don't know. Yeah, maybe do. I don't some... know the answer, but at the same time, it... maybe he's, he is trying to get back, and he just hasn't yet. Yeah. So. Why does it feel weird with LSU? Why does it? It feels weird. It it, do, it just doesn't feel like they are primed to take that. Boom! They're about to be a championship contender. Step. I mean, their, their recruiting class for 2025 is setting up to be great, and they just signed a really, really good yeah. one. I understand that, but they were a disaster defensively. They're losing yeah. incredible pieces offensively. They're they're not portaling mm-hmm. well. Feels like this is a step back year for them. And I mean, and look, we're talking about step back years. They're 20 and seven the last two no, years, no. including an SEC West championship. Now, if that's if a step back is is from that, I mean, you can live with it. But the problem is the LSU fans look at those two years and go, "We should have been better." They think they should have been an you know, 11-1 team this year or, or whatever. And they would have been if their defense had been even reasonably good. They would have been right there contending for the national title like I thought they were going to be preseason. I couldn't have projected LSU to be the worst defensive team they've ever had. So, yeah, this year feels like, you know, maybe you take a step back, eight wins, eight go eight and four, nine and four with a bowl, and then you set yourself up for a big 2025, hopefully, but... I don't know if LSU fans will take that, you know? We've talked about, talk about Ole Miss, right? 29 wins in the last three years, and it's That's the best right. times in Ole Miss history. They're riding high. LSU wins 29 games in three years, and they're like, fire the coach. Mm-hmm. Different world. Different uh, different world for sure. So that's some coaching movement going on. Um, well, we did not yet talk about Ole Miss replacing their tight ends coach, uh, Kelvin Bolden, uh, is getting mm-hmm. a promotion, so he will be... Uh, replacing uh, John David Baker, who's off to ECU to be their offensive coordinator. So, uh, any there's nothing new in, in terms of state staff. It's full. It's been full. I assume they're adding analysts and, yeah, and whatnot every day. But correct. Yeah. So six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the C Spire text line. We'll get to the college football fix when we come back. Did you hear me? This 
is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad at Sports Talk Mississippi. If you're wondering where Richard is, I think I just said it's Friday, so there's your answer. Glad you guys are with us. <laughs> oh, man. Been a busy day so far. Talked hoops, talked college football, little uh, broadcasting news. There's a lot of stuff going around. I swear, Haydad. There are publications that think that people care about the strife between Pat McAfee and an ESPN employee. Like the way that's being covered, it's like this bombshell news cycle, and nobody cares. No, no, nobody at all cares about this. Not not one person. Well, I hate to be the one that tells you this, but I there's strife between me and Will East. Let me tell you. Oh, I believe big that. strife. That guy. Oh, man. Why don't you cover that awful announcing? You know, one of these days we need to try to get them to cover us. Let's just start a segment just with our shirts off and and see what happens. (laughs) Ratings, man. you you got to get them somehow. I'm I'm just saying, the only way you get covered by awful announcing usually is when you screw up. So let's, let's try to avoid that. Or, you know... I'll try to avoid that. You, I'll just be an innocent bystander while you guys say something horrific. <laughs> you uh, tried to stop me from it uh, yesterday. No, I did stop you from well, it. Uh, but I, I wasn't going you to. You, you were just there in no, case. I, you were the failsafe. I, I, was, I was the airbag on that one. I kept you from going through the windshield. <laughs> Oh, man. 601-879-4395. That's the ceasefire text line. You want to be a part of the show? We would love to have you there. 601-879-4395. But it's time right now for the college football fix. You've got a window tomorrow if you want to watch both basketball games. Mississippi State will be over at, what, 2 o'clock or so? 1.30, 2 o'clock? And then Ole Miss doesn't start yeah, at I mean, 5. Yeah, it's 11 a.m., so, yeah. you've got a window tomorrow. If you want to watch the hoops games like uh, we will be, you can still go test drive an F-150. It's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. I've been talking to my son about the possibility of it snowing. And I need an F-150 if it snows around here. Because he said, Daddy, can your truck drive in snow? I was like, nope. <laughs> no, sir. It cannot. He was asking if his planes can drive in snow, and the answer was yes, and yes, and yes, until he asked about my truck, and I said no. Why did I say no? Because it's not an F-150. Test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So I saw this, hey, Dad, and I just kind of wanted to get a laugh out of it. Way too early odds for next year's Heisman Trophy. There's a sucker born every day. As it turns yeah. out, Quinn Ewers and Jalen Milrow and Carson Beck will be tied for the betting lead of the Heisman Trophy at plus 750 as of today. Yeah. Jalen Miller's got to get a lot better. A lot better. Yeah. And a lot better. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I'd have been like, that's a value bet. Now I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. 
But that makes sense. The, the returning quarterbacks of preseason top five, seven teams. But yes, sure, yeah, yeah. Next is Dylan Gabriel, the, fa- the favorite. I, I agree. Yeah. The next is Gabriel at plus a thousand. He'll put up big numbers. The next is JJ McCarthy at plus eighteen hundred, yeah. who might win the national championship here in a few days. Yeah, but numbers aren't going to be there for him. No, I don't think. But he is tied at plus eighteen hundred with Nico Iamalieva at Tennessee, who's played one bowl game. Jackson Arnold from Oklahoma, who turned it over four times in his one bowl game. Yeah. Connor Wiegman, who was good ish before he got hurt. It's all right. All right. All tied at 1,800. Garrett Nussmeyer from LSU, who has played in one bowl game at plus 2,000. Right, but he's played more than that. Effectively played in one bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. He started one game. Who's tied with Jackson Dart at plus 2,000. So Jackson Dart is tied with Nussmeyer and behind Wiegman, Arnold, Ayama Lieva. At Tennessee, I get McCarthy and Gabriel and Beck. I even get Milrow. I also obviously get Ewers. But what? What are the odds on Arch Manning? Can I get those odds? <laughs> you know somebody's going to do it. You know they are. Oh, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... Anybody who's betting Heisman futures in on January 5th is A, a total degenerate. And B easily separated from his money. I mean, these are they, they, they put the names out there, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's a val- that's good value, and no, it isn't. It isn't. So yeah, Dart, yours, Beck, Milrow, proven commodities, play on the teams that should win games. Sure, bet those guys if you want, but if you, the other guys on this list, you, you, I mean, just give me your money. Just, I'll take it. I will take your money. Yeah. You don't have to to give it to a nameless, faceless corporation. You can give it to a face right here. This is the face. D- don't give even it to charity or, or something. Yes, because they hate ad. Yeah, money for hate ads, the hate ad fund. There is going to be an interesting dynamic with Texas, though. First year in the SEC. Well, what happens if they struggle mm-hmm. next year? They're losing a lot. I mean, they recruit well, so... Yeah. I think they're they're much better equipped than, than Oklahoma. I think they'll be okay year one. They do it. They do have to. I, Georgia at Texas may be one of the the greatest regular season college football games in terms of spectacle that we've ever had. Um, I think Texas is much better equipped because they have the quarterback too. When you have the, the elite quarterback, you're halfway there. And Oklahoma, though, on the other hand, I could see Oklahoma being like a eight or seven win team. And just looking around, going, yeah. "What did we do?" Yeah, you know that scene in uh in Tommy Boy where he pulls the where he he breaks the door, and he puts it back on, and then when David Spade opens it and the door falls off, what'd you do? It's, it's that's what Oklahoma is going to be to be. Like you did this to yourself. You came on board with the big boys. Remember uh, the conversation that Richard shared on this show after the College World Series that, that he overheard from a. Uh, Oklahoma, somebody that worked in athletics at Oklahoma that basically said, we're not ready for this? Yeah. Well, they, they were right. Yeah. 
They're they're correct. You know, never mind baseball or anything else. Football. I mean, you if you watch, I know Oklahoma beat Texas this year. I get that, but that that's not an SEC team out there. They're, you know, they got lucky to beat Texas. It's a rivalry game played at a neutral site. I get it, but overall, that that, that they're not equipped to handle Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU. Stuff like that. They lose their entire offensive line. Isn't that right? They've had a ton in the portal. Which, we talked about this earlier, I I find it really hard to believe that State hasn't gotten interest from one guy at Oklahoma. Like, was Levy just not liked up there or something? I I can't believe one guy hasn't been like, yeah, I want to go play with Coach Levy. I haven't thought about that. But now that you said that, I'm going to think about that. There you go. Huh. Texas is scheduled next year, by the way. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, speaking of spectacles, oh, yeah. Haydad, so they open with Colorado State. You know where they are in week two? They're in the big house. Ann Michigan. Arbor, Michigan. Texas at Michigan next year. Did you year. know this? That regardless of what happened in the Washington-Texas game, we were going to have a national championship rematch in the first four weeks of the season next year. That's right. Because Michigan plays Washington in the first four weeks, and they also play Texas. How about that? So, How about that? UTSA at home, ULM at home. They host Mississippi State before their bye week. Then it's That's Oklahoma. That's their first conference home game. Yeah, Mississippi State is Texas's first SEC it's home Mississippi. game. That'll, Mississippi State will be the answer to a trivia question. Who was, who was Texas's first SEC home game? And you know what would be so very Texas? I mean, maybe not Sark's it. version, uh, but but recent history, Texas oh, yeah. would lose. Charlie that game. Strong's version would lose that game, no question about it. Oh, yeah. no, Tom Herman's version would lose that game. He lost to Kansas. Don't talk about Tommy Herman. Don't talk about Tom Herman like that. It's my guy. Love Tommy Herman. Uh, I wonder. Do you think there was ever any conversation with Tom, with Tom Herman? Herman? I'm sure there was some some back channel between the agents and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But then he lost what his final three games of the year, and it's like, eh, yeah, you know, you couldn't you couldn't sell everything that had happened at Mississippi State. You couldn't sell, even though you can't judge him based on one season following Willie Taggart, right? Which come with a you know an asterisk, but at the same time, Mississippi State they needed somebody with a little bit more juice. And Levy provided that. Who's the other guy? So, so in every coaching hire, there's somebody else that you kind of measure your guy against that you could have had or went after. Like for Ole Miss, mm-hmm. like Mike Norvell and Eli Drinkwitz are, are famously Norvell was uh, like option one, and if Kiffin said no, they would have gone Eli. So Kiffin gets compared to, or at least that's talked about. Is it Summerall for State? Mm-hmm. <sighs> maybe, maybe. Maybe Barry Odom. Ooh, interesting. Food Friday when we come back. Text him in 601-879-4395. What are you cooking this weekend? Let us know. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Porky and Haydad with you real quick to the text line before we get into Food Friday. I just wanted to throw Haydad a bone here. 
says, how about some wrestling news? The Rock returns to Raw. So I know who The Rock is, but I don't know what else is going on. We talked about that on Thunder and Lightning on Wednesday. What are we talking about here? That's old news here. Uh, yes, The Rock uh, made a, a surprise appearance on Raw Monday night and threw out the, basically threw out a challenge to the WWE Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns. Uh, so that's a storyline that's been building for five years. It looks like we're finally going to get the payoff. I don't know when that's going to be, but I mean, it might be another year. But they, they appear to be on a collision course now, so that's good news. Royal Rumble, uh, 22 days away. Oh, nice. You going to have a party? Yeah. You going to have some pork sausage at that party? Sounds like a good idea. Because you're a picky person, right? I, I'm so picky, man. And picky people pick Polks. It's time for Food Friday, presented by our good friends at Polks. It's some of the most fun we've had on this show, a segment that started organically because we just love talking about grilling out and, and smoking meats and uh, and cooking, and we just turned that into a thing with our good friends at Polks. They're right off of Highway 49, by the way. You see it in McGee as you're driving from Jackson to Hattiesburg. It's a Mississippi company making the best sausage that you can buy on the shelf. And if you go to the grocery store and they don't have it, Tell the meat manager that you are a picky person and you want Polk's, and they will get it for you. I promise you that they will. Polk'sMeat.com is a website. The headline right now on their website is Don't Ruin Grandma's Gumbo with Just Any Old Sausage. It's chili and gumbo season. Yes, sir. That's part of the the, the great thing about cold weather is we, we start getting to make stews and soups and gumbo. And if you're going to do it with sausage, Polk's Sausage is the best on the shelves. Brian, hey, Dad, what are you cooking this weekend? Yes. I got. I came up with an idea, by the way. Yeah? Uh, I, I decided every week I'm just going to ask my family what they want so that if Richard decides, you know, to make fun of me and be like, well, this is what my, my family wanted, Richard, you know. I'm a guy, you know, I don't just come into the house and be like, we're having salmon again this week, kids. Get the cedar planks out. <laughs> so... Uh, my my, I said to my wife, I was like, "Why don't you, you? What do you want this week?" And she said she wanted steak. So I went and picked up uh, some fillets for the ladies and a uh, big old ribeye for dad. We're gonna do some twice baked potatoes loaded with cheese and bacon, and some Brussels sprouts, and uh, have a nice little steakhouse style dinner. Uh, so that's what I'll be enjoying this weekend. I got a, 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 I think it was a about a twenty ounce ribeye I picked up today from the uh, from the, the grocery store. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm excited. Good for you. Had <laughs> a boy. Good. I got choice. a. Uh, I got a probe thermometer, a Bluetooth probe thermometer for Christmas. So I've been. I'm maybe the greatest gift ever. I would but, use that every right, single day of two, my life. It's got the two probes, so I can keep the eye on the temperature in the grill and on the meat. And instead of having to go outside every 25 minutes, just make sure the coals are still good. I can just oh, it's on my phone. Okay. Oh, we're down to we're down to this. Let me get out there and add some charcoal to the mix. Love that. I need to get it's the one greatest myself. gift ever. Congrats. It's, yeah, it's, it's worth getting. Thank you. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> so uh, for New Year's Eve, I uh, went to a buddy's house, and, and they uh, they made s'mores for the kids. And my little guy absolutely loved it, and he's been talking about it ever since. So I've got this little fire pit. It's only, I don't know, t- two feet by two feet, maybe a little bit bigger, three feet by three feet probably, just a little fire pit I've got covered. I'm going to take the cover off of that thing. I have saved a bunch of firewood that I have not burned at all. And we're going to be doing s'mores this weekend. Also, uh, hot dog. I'm going to try hot dogs on a stick. See if he uh, will eat that first. But knowing that he's going to get s'mores 
The last thing he's going to want to do is eat anything else. So we're going to try the hot dog thing first and see if I can get him to actually do it. And uh, if not, we're just going to make s'mores, man, straight out of the uh, the Sandlot method. I mean, I've got the, the the line in my head. I mean, that's the only recipe you need, right, is uh, from that movie. But, no, that's what we're going to do, just s'mores yeah. over the fire. This is perfect fire pit weather, too. It's been raining today, though, so I'm afraid my wood's going to be ruined. But um going to give that a shot this uh, this weekend, so looking forward to that. Send us in. Or send them in, 601-879-4395, and it would be, or it would not be, excuse me, a Food Friday without Debbie. She sent us a picture of two things, New Year's Eve chocolate and cheesecake pudding shots, and they look (laughs) incredible. But Oh my gosh, I'd I'd blitz that whole tray. There'd be nothing left. So... That's not a play on alcohol, right? Like that's just no I cheesecake. Think that's just dessert. Yeah. yeah the, the, okay. Yeah, Either way, it looks amazing. Sense, yeah. And then New Year's Day, one of the best gumbos we've ever made. She says the picture looks outstanding. And yes, she said she used Polk's sausage in it. I see crabs. I see shrimp. Looks see fantastic, Debbie. Shrimp, you yeah. are the best yeah. as always. Ah oh, man, every time with Debbie, every single time. She always she always hits. She she never strikes out, never. So looking at the rest of these, we got some good ones here today. We got some fresh killed deer backstrap with rice and gravy, some stuffed mushrooms. Okay, I know there are some Bone people that don't like the, on the grill. taste of deer. Good, but mm-hmm. and, and I know it's different and it's gamey or whatever. But when when you're when you're eating great. the animal that you killed, yeah, there's something about it. It just it and just even when you're eating the animal that somebody else killed, it's still good. True, which is me, especially if you're I got free. no problem eating. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no question. Uh, Jeremy in Columbia, Debbie. Uh, Jeremy in Columbia is coming to your house. Just letting you know. Uh, bone-in pork chops on the grill. That sounds really good. Dwayne and Brandon doing deer chili with Polk's Cajun. Says it looks. Ooh, that great. looks good, Dwayne. Yeah. Uh, Borky someone says get the Dove caramel chocolate with those spores. Yeah, you, you get some uh, get some uh, some high end stuff going there. Yeah, the chocolate with the already has the caramel in it. Then you've got caramel, and you've got you know marshmallow, and you got chocolate. I mean, you've added another layer. That, that does sound good, but uh, yeah, I don't know if my my four year old has a refined palate or not yet. I think he's just happy with the chocolate and the marshmallow. It's caramel. He'll like it. Jake and the Delta also making deer chili this weekend. His first son's first deer that he killed Had a boy. this week. Did you do the Very blood nice. on the face? Yeah, of course you did. I know you did. Yeah, he did. Aaron from Madison says, uh, 20-ounce ribeye and filet. Sounds like somebody living on a cross budget. Yeah, you know, <laughs> end of the year. We got some, got some, had some extra money. Hey, laying have you, around, have I you guess. seen the listenership I mean, numbers? Uh, not only on this show, but on Thunder and Lightning. Uh, hey, Dad's working towards the cross budget. They, they, uh, my, my, my wife did surprise me because, uh, you know, she's notoriously cheap. It's like, she said steak. I was like, you sure? Okay, nice. So I thought she was going to say, you know, how about spaghetti? Or something like that. <laughs> stuffed pork chops tonight. I saw somebody had stuffed pork chops. I had somebody that saw lard infused pork chops. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. That sounds delicious. Uh, our friend Paige doing hibachi with steak, shrimp, and chicken, and she said that uh, she's glad that your family liked the, the hot sauces. They were unbelievable. And it, man, 
at home. So we, we had our first. So I, I take James to Hibachi all the time, but we had our first experience where we sat like where they actually cooked. Like we would just go to a place and, and order, you know, order it on the sushi side. But what we finally right. did it to where he cooked in front of us, and, and it was a slow night. Really good local yeah. restaurant, but it was a slow night. So it was just he and I and the chef sitting in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen that boy engaged in anything more in his life. And the chef was awesome, too. But, uh, I mean, yeah. he was so excited to just tell the chef, like, who his best friend is and what his dog's names are. And I mean, it was just awesome. So now, That's but awesome. the issue That's is great. that's he all he, he thinks every place, though, will cook in front of you if you ask them to. And I haven't well, have yet to get house. Uh, well, and they they do. So he likes going there too Maybe. because he can watch them. But like I told him, we were going to get tacos tonight, and he was like, "Will they cook for me?" It's like, "Yeah, buddy, but not in front of you." And he's like, "What do you?" He's like, "What do you mean that they won't do that?" I just I ruined his day. That's... Kids, man, uh, <laughs> they're so dumb. God, but wouldn't yeah, wouldn't that be great it. to to watch? Oh, yeah, if everybody cooked in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd love to watch. Yeah, go to go to the taco place where they're like cutting the meat off the spit and they're just yeah, putting it on man. your tar- tortilla right there. That's yeah, that's what you want out of life there. So, uh, Dan did a whole rack of baby bags that look fantastic. Uh, Robin Avery says put peanut butter on the graham cracker for the s'mores. Man, Ooh, that's a great, great idea. S'mores idea. That's a great idea. Chocolate and peanut butter always a great idea. Yeah, some guy named Reese had the patent on that though. Ah, well, you know. It's not that big a deal if, if you if you go if you do it here. Also, I uh, want to just give a shout out to Jim and Hernando who did a uh, he did a prime rib on New Year's Eve that looks fantastic. But I I always know that he likes it when I talk about fried chicken. Got my got my got my fried chicken keychain right here. Always, I, now, every time I look over here to my right, I get hungry. I'm like, oh god, it's fried chicken. I love how often it's Richard does chicken. not get our references. He knows that one now. He yeah. still hates it. <laughs> he hates it. <laughs> it's his least favorite one. We'll read more of your messages when we come back. 601-879-4395. Send them in. Let's uh, let's have some fun on this Friday. This Food Friday presented by Polk's. Picky people pick Polk's. We'll be right back. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. in a second, but I uh, want to get to this message. We are Sports Talk Mississippi, and if we get a sports question for Hey Dad, we'll, uh, we'll answer that for you before we start fawning over the food pictures we've gotten. Brian, do you believe if Lebby keeps at this rate and brings in seven or eight more good portal players and one or two more offensive linemen, we, meaning, of course, Mississippi State, will be better than six and six. Our offensive line will be better in 24 than it was in 23. 
I mean, I got to see who those players are. That they need a lot of help defensively right now. So, I mean, it just depends on who those seven or eight players are. If you get seven or eight guys who can start in the SEC, then sure, you have an opportunity. But I mean, this is a really tough schedule. I mean, Georgia, Texas, uh, Missouri is coming off of an eleven win season. Ole Miss is coming off of an eleven win season. Um, you know, the only the only two conference games where you feel like you have a chance to maybe be favored in are the home games with Arkansas and Florida, and even those, you know, those pickums maybe You'd probably be favored over Arkansas. So it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very tough. I mean, if they if they can add to this defense, yeah, they'll have an opportunity. But I don't know that they'll. Uh, I don't know that they're going to do that though. Fair enough. We got this question too. Back to the food. Uh, how do you? Stuff a pork chop. If you're doing stuffed pork chops, what is your method? I buy them. I've never tried to stuff a pork. Really? Chop before. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have some some equipment for that. Nah, you, yeah, I'm not I'm not good enough with the knife to do all that. Me either. Like even when I try to butterfly stuff open to to yeah, roll it up, I, always, I do such a bad job. Yeah, I invariably will. Bu- no no pun intended. Butcher it. Yeah, me too. So when I buy like, stuff like that, I just I just. You know, I try to find stuff that's already done, but you know, I, I'll stuff a jalapeno. I can do that. Yeah, and uh, bell pepper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anything else you see on the uh, text line here? Somebody else asking about Daniel Hill. It hasn't changed in the last two hours. It's still Alabama, in my opinion. You'd love to be wrong, but I don't feel like I am though. Yeah. Like I said, the only way I'm wrong is if Levy has pulled off like a hey. We know you're signing with us, but why don't you tell everybody you signed with Alabama so it looks like we, we made a flip at the last minute, which yeah. I don't think he, he's into that. Yeah. You know, I, and at least one Alabama running back has hit the transfer portal. There's talk about another one doing the same thing. But, yeah. um, to, you know, things happen, and sometimes you can draw conclusions from those things happening. Alabama clearing space in their running back room would lead you to believe that they're going to be adding to that room? I don't know. Yes. No, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. So. It's an oversimplification, but uh pretty good gauge of how things go. Bubba mm-hmm. says, hate to tell you, this is Bubba in Starkville, uh, state folks, be happy with 6-6 six and six for now on with the new SEC. Uh, For now, being an operative phrase there. Yeah, but I, I, you know, state can can find a way. I mean, if, if state's just better offensively next year, if they can be a, a team like I said, are averaging around thirty-one a game, they can be a team that you know sneaks up on somebody and gets that seventh win. You never know. You never know in the SEC. You can't say Vanderbilt. Who has the worst season in 2024 in the SEC? And again, you can't say Vanderbilt. Who, by the way, is right. portaling well. It seems like they've gotten a couple of boosters to step up and try to win some football games. They're they're adding pieces, so good on them. But besides them, where does the ball fall out the most? Arkansas. I mean, what is Arkansas? I think there's two year? options, I mean, and that's one of the two. Arkansas should be really bad next year. I mean, they, 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 they've lost Jefferson. They've lost Raheem Sanders. They haven't really replaced them with guys of any real note there. 
I'm just not, you know, sold on Pittman as a coach anymore. I thought I thought it looked like it was going in the right direction, but it's not. It's just not right now. So Arkansas, my guess is your other one is going to be Florida. Oh, it's actually going to be South Carolina. I think they'll Carolina be worse than Florida, but Florida's that. schedule is brutal. Who is Carolina's quarterback next year? I don't know. I don't All think right. they know at yeah, the moment. So I don't know the I don't know the answer to that question. So we get this message. Heard State is probably not getting the kid from Oregon. He's in it for a big time money grab. The running back. Uh, well, may or may not be what he's well, seeking. He's... But a running back that has not put any meaningful college snaps on tape is not getting a big time money grab. We have gone also, so says, wild with the, the dollar amounts and stuff. And I understand it because places like On3 uses their algorithm to assign a value to players and they're not as valuable as their algorithm says. So everybody thinks they're getting this kind of money. Or you just log on to Facebook and see that this quarterback is getting $6 million this year. Or Marvin Harrison Jr. got offered $10 million to stay at Ohio State. Like None of that's true. If mm-hmm. a... Running back that again has not put any meaningful tape at all at college is seeking a gigantic payday. Let me tell you what he's not going to get. He'll get money wherever he goes, but it's not going to be a giant payday or anything close to it. Right. He hadn't done anything in college. Right. I'm pretty sure he, he also says here that uh, Dante Dowdle uh, didn't take pictures in his uniform when he came to Mississippi State. That's not true. Dante Dattle, I, I, there's a, I'm looking at it right now. It's on J.J. Harrell's Twitter timeline. So he did visit, though. Like they, they did bring him in. He visited it, and then he, he took, yeah, he, he took pictures. He did the whole thing. He may, he may have won an IL. That's that's okay. Good news. State hasn't spent any big money on anybody yet in this portal class, to my knowledge. They probably gave Coleman a good check. I'm sure Blanton got something, but. They haven't had to drop a big bag on anybody yet. So you got it to spend, and you need a running back. Probably spent some on the high school class, too. I know that's against the rules, but... Yeah. Yeah, well. I would love to know. We'll never know, and and, and you may not know the answer or are comfortable speculating, but I would like to know what Blake Shape and what kind of dollar amount he commanded. It wasn't It wasn't huge. That That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that there was a lot of, you know, and this, this people are going to say, oh, it doesn't matter. I, I, I know what I was told. A lot, there was a lot of he wanted to play in Lebby's offense. I get that. Yeah. I mean, and that you... Lebby was, and Lebby likes him. Lebby, Lebby's like, this is a guy who can, can thrive in my offense. So there was, there was some mutual connection there. Somebody says, are Lebby and Judkins tight? <laughs> It's it's worth it just to just to do it. It's worth it. I don't know how much you'd have to give him, but um, I don't know the answer to this question. I believe he's gone. But is the running back from Missouri coming back this season? Do you know for sure? I no, he's, don't know. he's gone. He, yeah, he's he's in the senior ball already. Debbie wants to know how Tennessee's going to look next year. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what Iama Lieva, uh looks Iama like Lieva. when people have film out on him. I mean, he's obviously very talented, but. So was Joe Milton. And Milton yeah, wasn't he, he's bad. A good player. But... They've recruited well. Heupel's a good coach. They should be, They should be. you know, are they going to contend for the, well, there is no East anymore. Are they going to contend for the SEC championship game? Probably not. But can they be another nine-win season? Yeah, probably so. 
We get one message, Kentucky is going to fall off. They don't really have that far to fall. Yeah, they weren't 7-6 and six this year. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know who they're... They, got, they do have the, the new quarterback, Brock Vandergriff. So we'll see if he can be an... Uh, 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 Devin Leary this year was a big disappointment. Yeah, he was. I thought that he would be a, a pretty good player for Kentucky, and that just did not pan out the way that I thought it would. Ooh, their schedule. My goodness, here it is for Kentucky. And we'll Kentucky? do this a bunch this offseason, but... Um, as you Good guys know, they open with Southern Miss uh, in Lexington, turn around and host South Carolina. That is a must-win for both of those teams. Uh, then they host Georgia. So Southern Miss, South Carolina, Georgia, Ohio, at Old Miss. That is how Kentucky opens the season. Not great. Not then, great. Uh, off week, Vanderbilt at Florida, Auburn at Tennessee. Off week, Murray a State. for them to win some games. There is. Off week, Murray State at Texas, Louisville. Man, tough. That's tough. Speaking of, this te- is, this that, that's is, another uh, Texas loses weird game spot right there. Second to last week of the season, Kentucky at home. Blank, yeah. Well, I mean, Texas is at Vanderbilt this year. That's the game. I, I can't wait to see how that just I, I may watch that whole game if, if, if State's not playing. I may watch that whole game just to see how it goes. 99.5% of the stands that day will be in burnt orange, too. Be burnt orange, yeah. Vanderbilt might have to practice that week with crowd noise. I mean, usually, like, they don't have a home crowd to speak of, and there's a lot of road fans, but you don't have to, like, prepare for fifteen to 20,000 people. But what Texas right. is going to bring to Nashville, they might have to spend the week in their practice facility with speakers on. Ugh. Anyway, one final segment with you for the week. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. You love a good conspiracy theory. There's a lot of them in sports, you know, the frozen envelope, things like that. Oh, yeah. Believe that one. The Miami Mall alien was trending all over the Internet today. What is the Miami Mall alien? Let me tell you. So, reportedly, there was a group of roughly 50 teenagers on Monday of this week that caused a riot at Bayside Marketplace, an outdoor mall five miles from South Beach in Miami. The teens were reportedly setting off fireworks, which led to a panic as some assumed there was a shooting. Four teens were arrested in the incident. Police were dispatched for, quote, crowd control due to to the juveniles refusing to leave. Some businesses were temporarily closed to allow us to clear the area. But video came out from people at their apartments, filming down at the police response, and the Internet deemed it much uh, too big of a response for what the incident was. Police cars everywhere, helicopters, power outages, things like that. And then the reports 
of nine-foot-tall gray beings being what the police were after in Miami. There is now a, quote, surveillance image of one of those beings being circulated around the Internet. And now people people believe that it was not unruly teenagers that caused that kind of police response. It was the Miami Mall alien that they were after and took down. Can I get my hair to stand straight up like that guy? Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Uh, okay. I believe in aliens. I, I, tend, I tend to not think we're the only ones out there. It's a pretty, pretty big universe. It would be really, it would be an incredible coincidence if we were the only ones out there. So. Yeah. Plus the government has just announced that they're like, oh yeah, there's UFOs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they're, just, they're straight up telling you guys that. The memes have been great though. There's one picture of, uh, an alien with like a, a cool hat on and a jacket holding shopping bags. <laughs> Just trying to take advantage of some uh, after Christmas sales. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the, the best, best time, time to get like wrapping paper and stuff. <laughs> ready for next year. Oh, man. Mike says Bayside. Was it Zach Screech or Slater? Good throwback. <laughs> Probably Screech, if we had to be honest. God rest his soul. Somebody asked what. SEC team has the easiest schedule next year. Oh, my year. gosh. We need to look at them all. I would say, all day. yeah, Texas A&M got a lot of credit for having an easy schedule, but they do have Notre Dame in the non-conference. Alabama has, uh, yeah, A&M has the easiest. Alabama doesn't get to have to play Alabama, but they do have to play Georgia. Georgia doesn't have to play Georgia, but they do have to play Alabama and Texas. Georgia might have the hardest one. They have, the, they, they have Georgia. Georgia has Alabama, Texas, and Ole Miss on their schedule. That's, you know, do they play Missouri? Does Georgia play Missouri? I don't know. You got it? Oh, I thought you had it. I thought you had no, I'm, I'm working on it. I don't have the helmet schedule up, but um, Missouri's going to be formidable uh, in 2024. They're going to be That's what I'm thinking here. So, do they play Missouri? They do not. They avoid Missouri. That's the one that the, thing of, that we say now. Of the top five teams in the conference, obviously they can't play themselves. But that's the that's the one they avoid. They have to play. They go to Oxford, they go to Texas, and they go to Tuscaloosa. Georgia has it pretty tough. And Clemson you know? uh, to open the season in a neutral site. So Georgia's got one of those schedules, like you know, like you know, when you're in the NFL, the better you are, the harder your schedule is. It's like that. Somebody did that for Georgia. They're like, how difficult can we make it on them? Yeah. We got this message. You would be proud for Derek Nix, but man, it would be like when he hired Wesley McGriff to be the DC at Ole Miss. Auburn should attract bigger names to the coaching staff. Well, it sounds like, hey, Dad, what was it, Matt Zenitz that reported uh, the the more likely outcome is um, Hugh Freeze takes over the role of offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and promotes uh, Chip Lindsey. No, uh, Ken Austin. Ken Austin. Yeah. Who was on his staff the as an analyst. coach, and then yeah, so and then that makes the most sense. Yeah, but, but Derek Nitz, N- Derek Nix possibly to Auburn as wide just as wide receivers coach. Yeah, maybe Auburn should um, attract bigger names to a coaching staff. But this, like like we talked about before, this should not surprise you. He freeze has a hard time hiring staff. He does. It, it, it's just an objective fact. So. The lack of attractive options shouldn't surprise you. So, anyway. Thank you guys so much. Bob says, hey guys, thanks for a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. You as well, my friend, uh, Bob and uh, Pawnatalk. We appreciate you. 
and uh, and you guys um, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the basketball. We got uh, Southern Miss James Madison tomorrow as well. So, uh, I mean, one of the best teams in the country maybe is James Madison. At least record-wise they are. Uh, and then Ole Miss Tennessee and Mississippi State South Carolina getting our day started tomorrow. So for Richard, who's calling the Missouri game, I believe, tomorrow. Who are they playing? I don't know. I know mm-hmm. it's Missouri. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Not one of our teams. And Brian Haydad and Michael Bork, you guys have a great, safe weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Look forward to seeing you to recap it all on Monday at 3. Y'all have a good weekend. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.